Macworld Podcast number 343, special Macworld iWorld Archive Edition for February 20th, 2013. Welcome to another Macworld Podcast. I'm Chris Breen. With today's podcast, we wrap up the best of Macworld, iWorld's Macworld live stage presentations, and we've saved the very best for last, an awesome live installment of Philip Michael's Pundit Showdown. Have at it, Phil. This is our semi-regular look at the world of technology news. We ask a panel of luminaries questions. They provide us with answers, and I grade them on points. Let's uh, meet our panelists now. The man sitting next to me sat in that chair last year and walked away with the big prize. He's an author and photographer. He's columnist for the Seattle Times. He's a senior editor for Tidbits. He contributes to Macworld and Photoshop Elements Techniques. He has too many books to mention here. His latest is the iPad Pocket Guide 4th Edition. Okay. And how does he do all this? It is coffee, coffee, coffee. Coffee Coffee. I have a theme song. Yay! How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. I'm caffeinated. Uh, We also have a past winner, though never on the live stage in the decidedly less intimidating confines of the Macworld Podcast Studio. He is an assistant editor at TechHive, where he covers phones as well as Android, and that's certainly a topic that will come in handy today at this show about iOS. Whenever something goes around, uh, something goes wrong in the office, there is only one person we point the finger at. Hi, Phil. It's Armando Rodriguez, who has to wait till he's been introduced to talk. That's why we blame Armando, ladies and gentlemen. How are you, Armando? Uh, pretty good. A little sick, but getting better. And I did the same thing the first time I was on the Pundit Showdown. Well, so. I think everyone will thank you for coming to Moscone Center when you're a little bit sick to spread your disease. Um, our next panelist is a uh, debutante. He can claim to be the only person on this panel who was name-checked by Apple CEO Tim Cook during an event, unless we want to count the time when uh, Cook looked at me and shouted, security, remove that man. He's a veteran of Wired Magazine. He was Wired.com's first sports editor. He was the night editor at Deadspin. He's contributed to our site, TechHive. He's now the senior writer for BuzzFeed Sports. It's an impressive record of achievement offset by the fact that he is a New York Mets fan. Eric Malinowski, ladies and gentlemen. I was about to say that was far too kind. Right up until the end. So close. And uh, our final panelist, when we asked her if she, um, if she wanted to be on her panel, she, she asked if she would be allowed to swear, drink, or commit physical violence. And she still agreed to be here even after we told her that only two of those three things are permitted. She is the co-founder and CEO of a uh, San Francisco design shop that specializes in iOS design. It's called Pacific Helm, which was just enough of a tenuous hook to give her this otherwise inappropriate theme music. Jesse Char, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, everybody. Now, if you're wondering how this works, so do we. This is based on the UK radio show Fighting Talk and shamelessly ripped off. Uh, I will ask questions. They will receive points. It will be one point. 
two points sounds like this. Three points. And if they give an incorrect answer, they will lose a point. Let's get started now, and our first question is all about this. We are incredibly pleased to report an extraordinary quarter with 54 and a half billion in revenue and new records for iPhones and iPad sales. For those of you, no. he's still talking. For those of you who couldn't hear over the drum circle like me, that was uh, Apple CEO Tim Cook. And even after Apple announced record sales and profits for its all-important holiday quarter, investors continued to batter the company's stock, sending the price of Apple shares spiraling downward. My question to the panelists, starting with you, Jeff Carlson, what should the company do to bolster its standing with the Wall Street crowd? Well, the problem clearly is that Apple doesn't woo investors enough. Apple needs to get them on its side because it seems like it's this adversarial uh, uh, situation. Um, when in reality, Apple just ignores investors. So I think what Apple needs to do is they need to fly a whole bunch of you know, prominent investors and analysts, fly them to a nice, cushy private island, fly them with champagne, get them all you know, liquored up and give them demonstrations of how great... The, 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 you know, Macs and iOS and how, how everything they've been saying is wrong. Like, give them all this great stuff. And then, to get them off the island, they have to design an Android device that makes money and attracts developers. And only then will they be able to leave. So basically, we won't have to worry about them anymore because they'll never come home. So, but the professor from Gilgan's Island would do quite well on that. Um, Great answer. Uh, let's go to Armando. Nice blow with the Android thing. So I was Extra originally going to say, <laughs> I was originally going to say that Apple should follow Rim's thing uh, and change their name, but as we saw, that didn't help Rim stock at all, as it plummeted four percent after they changed their name to BlackBerry. Same thing with the phones. Um, so instead, if we learn anything in 2012, is that Apple should occupy Wall Street. They should, send, they should just create an Apple store, a pop-up Apple store, in the middle of Wall Street and, have, and do a product lunch right there. The line will be enormous. They'll have tons of Apple fans. Wall Street will be paying attention. Stocks will go up. Instant win for Apple. Eric Malinowski. I have to be honest. I'm liking the Android crossover move more and more the more I think about it. Um, I think that... Another uh, point for Jeff. <laughs> 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 Rookie move. Um, I think that, uh, honestly, if, I mean, obviously there's one thing that Wall Street really likes, it's numbers, and if you could make a case that Apple really started to go astray once they started to issue numbers from all of their new product launches, so I just think that it, it's, it's, you know, iPad 37, you know, coming somewhere down the line, you know, it, and, you know no S's, no G's, uh, letters are not good, descriptors, qualifiers are not good, uh, they just need to go uh, full out with the numbers, because, you know... They're numbers geeks. It's that simple. Very good. Numbers are your friends. Jesse Char. Uh, I like the idea of putting an Apple store, like, in the New York Stock Exchange because, like, have they ever been to an Apple store? Otherwise, they would know. But maybe what would be even better than that is to, like, put, uh, like, an AT&T or, like, Cell World store next to the Apple store uh, just to show how awful the competition is. Very good. Let's move on to our next question. It is a uh, reader question or listener question from one of our half dozen listeners. It comes from Willie Alcantara, who asks, 
Johnny Ive is now in charge of the iOS interface as part of his new responsibilities for leading Apple's human interface design. If you had Ive's ear, he'd probably want it back, but what would be the first thing you'd tell him to change about iOS? Let's start with the expert, Jesse. Oh, the expert. Okay, so listen, if you guys are hanging out with Johnny Ive, do not talk to him about iOS. That's the last thing he wants to hear. So if I, if, if I were to hang out with Johnny Ive, we would like make pancakes because he's probably amazing at making pancakes. It would be revolutionary. Uh, and like watch Beyonce videos on YouTube. Final answer. Uh, Armando. So if I had Johnny Ive's ear after we got back from the hospital because they'd have to reattach it, um, I would talk to him about all the leather and stitching that is in iOS. I mean, leather was fine early on, but I think now we've got to go more for the denim look, because that's, that's totally what's in these days. Thank you, Armando. Eric? Uh, I think that uh, once we got back from uh, uh, putting our heads together on some sort of a fish and chips app, uh, because, uh, you know, you've got to warm your way into his heart. Um, I think... Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, get him to buy, uh, uh, acquire Google Maps from Google. I think that, uh, you know, if he really wants to make an impact on iOS, I think uh, he might as well go with the best product out there. So uh, they've, they've got the cash on hand. I, I think uh, they might listen if they come calling. All right. Uh, and Jeff, you have an answer. I do. I think that, that one of the big problems is the way apps are presented. Right now it's kind of a mess. There are icons everywhere. But it has to have a particular Johnny Ive spin. And the way he works is he, he distills design to its core essence. So instead of flipping through screens full of app icons, you just have one solid slab of aluminum. And when you touched it, it would know which app you wanted. And on recent uh, devices that, that had the, the, the graphics horsepower, you would see the app machined out of that piece of aluminum and ready for you to use. All right, let's move on to our next question. Notre Dame star linebacker Mante Teo has been in the news lately for reasons he'd probably likely like not to be after he said he was tricked into a relationship with a girlfriend who never actually existed as part of an elaborate online hoax. What's a similar instance in the world of technology where the reality didn't match the tale someone was trying to spin? Let's start off with Armando. Phil, I've seen the factories. I've seen the workers. And I saw NPR pull a story where, well, we know what happened. The Mike Daisy story. Very well, Armando. Eric? Uh, well, speaking as a Deadspin alum, I uh, can speak uh, to the... Oh, man. Rookie moves all over the place. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got to be... You know, I, I, it, was, it was sort of a personal goal of mine to come into this and try to work in, uh, make iTunes better into every possible answer, and I finally have my opportunity. Uh, iTunes 11 was supposed to be awesome. It is so not awesome. Uh, I... There are people out there that have purposefully uh, rejected their weekly software updates, and to those people, I salute them. Uh, Jeff Carlson. Well, I live in Seattle, and Seattle is home to a large computer manufacturer. And let me tell you, I have not once seen anyone break out into a dance number with their Microsoft Surface tablets. In fact... I've only seen two Surface tablets in the wild, 
And I even know people who work at Microsoft. So I think that, you know, this is a, a gutsy move by Microsoft. I understand why they did it. But right now, <laughs> I think Microsoft's invisible girlfriend is the vast numbers of people who are going to buy these because it's just not happening. Great answer. Jesse, wrap us up here. Uh, like an instance of technology where reality did not match what people were trying to spin is probably every time people take a picture from their camera from this angle and put it on their OkCupid okay, profile and the entire internet. Final answer. <laughs> Let's go to the scores. Uh, Armando Rodriguez off to a slow start with six points. Uh, Eric Malinowski, a pretty good start for a newcomer. He's at seven. Jesse Charrett, eight points. Jeff Carlson, out to a tremendous lead with 12. You forgot to say short-lived lead. Oh, I don't... You're looking strong today, and we're keeping in this question at Jeff's request. Facebook hopes to make a splash with its new graph search feature to find other Facebook users with similar interests to your own. But what social network feature would make you stand up and take notice? Uh, let's start with uh, Jesse. Well, a business model. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and I guess the only the only one other one would be like better security features, but not because I care about security, because I'm so sick of people complaining about security on things like Facebook. Eric. Um. You know, it's really hard to uh, keep track of all of the um, various family feud and f- various vills. Uh, out on social, you know, networks, and uh, so I think something, something very all-encompassing, like a game center type of thing, that could bring all of those things together, uh, would really help to improve my levels of sanity when I log on every time. All right, I uh, hit the wrong button with Jesse and gave her an extra point. That uh, that's I, fine. I, I'll take it. No, I'm, no, I'm giving you an extra point now, and I gave Eric a point on that one because the um, the button didn't work. So Armando, make my buttons work. <laughs> Careful Maybe later, Phil. So I really want Facebook to add an autopilot feature that makes your life seem a lot better than it really is. I mean, we do that right now, but we have to put in a lot of work. And so, I mean, you have to take all those fancy photos. You have to Photoshop yourself into all those um, stock photos that you find, you know, and take pictures of your kids. You have to somewhat engage with the public. I don't want to do that anymore. I want Facebook to do that for me so I can just be a creep and look at everyone else's photos without them knowing it. And, uh, Jeff, I think you have an answer. I was trying to think of something funny and, you know, put down on Facebook. But this is something I actually really want. I want a Snopes filter. I want... So, so that if, if you or a friend or a you know, crazy uncle family member posts some you know, um, insane, nonsensical, political gibberish or you know, unsourced facts, uh, that the Snopes filter automatically engaged, checks it against the Snopes database, uh, which tracks uh, ur- urban legends and, and rumors and uh, unfactual things, and, um, and just doesn't let that post go through. Even better, have it like make a buzz sound or rejected or Siri popping up saying, did you really read this first? Our next question, Macworld iWorld is one of two major tech shows held during the month of January, the other being the massive consumer electronics show in Las Vegas. For anyone who stayed far away from the madding crowd, what's the one product that caught your eye this year at CES? Let's, let's start with someone who I know was there, Eric. Right, uh, so everybody was talking about the Oculus Rift, which uh, I think kind of stole the show for anyone that was able to actually get their eyeballs inside 
a pair of those funky little ski goggles that are going to change all of our lives very soon. Um, but in all seriousness, they, uh, you know, everyone was talking about 4K TVs, but uh, Sharp showed off an 85-inch, uh, it might have actually been larger than that, but it was actually an 8K TV, 16 times the resolution of standard HD TVs, and uh, they've been working on it for 18 years right now. So it's still in prototype form. It'll cost many tens of thousands of dollars if you tried to buy it, so we'll probably never, ever see it, but, man, that was sweet. Jeff Carlson. Um. Well, because at CES, I've mostly forgotten everything because n- none of it we'll actually see uh, this time next year, or maybe we'll see it again. Um, but th- th- that's probably too cynical. Uh, the-, the thing that caught my eye did so for the wrong reason. Uh, it was the iPoddy, which is a, a oh, wow. toddler's toilet for, for encouraging uh, potty training that has an integrated iPad stand so they can sit there and play on their iPad or watch the iPad while they're doing their business. And I think the last thing you want to do is encourage your toddler to hang out on the toilet longer than necessary, especially if you live in a house with just one bathroom. As they get older, they will never come out. Uh, Armando, you were at CES. Why did you remind me about that? Uh, I just, it's so many, so so many bad memories. Uh, so I saw lots of things at CES that caught my eye, and there was 4K TVs from Sony, which showed a very, very nice boot screen that was the best boot screen I'd ever seen. Uh, I saw the iPoddy. Uh, I asked for a demo of it, and I regret that I did. Um, let's see. And I probably, I would have to say it's the, the, the Sphero. The new Sphero that lets you play AR games with your iPhone was pretty neat. I could see myself playing with it for hours, scaring the neighborhood cats. All right. And uh, Jesse. Uh, Phil, I try to stay away from CES because of all the 3D televisions and sexism. So... Bonus points there. Um, Best answer we had so far. Let's go on to the uh, next question. It is, again, all about this. In terms of the product that we sell today, Apple TV, we we sold more last quarter than we've ever sold before. Uh, It flipped in 2 million during the quarter. Uh, It was up almost 60% year on year. So there's actually very, very good growth in that product. That's again uh, Tim Cook talking during the earnings call, and he once again characterized the Apple TV as a hobby, even though the company sold two million set-top boxes during the holiday season. I'd like to hear you suggest another hobby for Apple CEO, even if it's not financially uh, lucrative like his other pastime. Jesse. I, number one, it sounded like he was addressing Charlie Brown in that voice clip. Um, uh, so I guess, I don't know, I could see him getting into hats. He seems like he could rock a hat, right? Like a fedora? Um, I guess if Tim Cook were to do something that's more like Apple-related, though, as a hobby, um, I would love to see him kind of expand Siri kind of more into, like, an expansive voice packages. So I would love to see, you know, like a Siri, uh, sassy friend Siri, who's just like, it's after 10 p.m., that's a booty call. Or like a, or like a hipster Siri who like judges your choice of coffee shop and then directs you to like another one seven miles away only accessible by bicycle um or like or like an earthy wise old man siri but i guess that's just basically morgan freeman (laughs) (laughs) terrific answer uh armando so siri would be nice i would like to hear a samuel l jackson siri but i mean you couldn't use that near kids obviously 
I really want them to save Hostess. I want them to save Twinkies because I really want to eat another Ho-Ho again. And I'm sad that I can't. I think we're all sad that you can't eat another Ho-Ho. Eric Malinowski. Well, Tim Cook is really good at hobbies, and uh, this would not uh, be much of a time suck, but if he wants to pick lottery numbers for me on a weekly basis, uh, it would be pretty revenue neutral for him, uh, not very much of a time commitment, uh, and then when he's done with that, he can investigate uh, doing music subscriptions through iTunes, even before they go ahead and acquire someone like RDO. And uh, Jeff Carlson. Well, the, the answer is already out there. We just have to listen and pay attention. Every time they talk about the Apple TV and the, and, and the television industry, uh, Tim, I think every single time, says that we're just going to pull that string and see where it leads. So clearly, the man wants to take up knitting. He wants to not just pull that string. Perhaps he wants to unravel the entire industry. I think that's, that's probably a, a good thing. Um, that explains iPod socks. And I think that, um, you know... I, I'm sure that it's very rewarding to be the CEO of Apple, but I think it's, it's tying him up in knots because he can't do his knitting. Going to the scores, Jeff Carlson's still out in front, though, not by as much anymore. He's on 20. Jesse Char uh, pulling into view at 18. Uh, Armando Rodriguez at 14, and Eric Malinowski bringing up the rear at 12. At this point, we want to point out, as we drop down our score music, Macworld Live is brought to you by Dragonfly from AudioQuest, and you should check it out at audioquest.com. It's a digital audio converter. Um, our next question. What are we doing here? We're doing the Twitter question. <laughs> Twitter's newly launched Vine app lets users easily share six-second video clips with, with one another. A few enterprising users have discovered that includes video clips that are decidedly adult in nature. What's, an, what's another example of a tech product that illustrates the law of unintended consequences? Uh, Eric needs to make up the most points, so let's start with him. Apple Maps. <laughs> Apple Maps was supposed to be awesome, and actually it really is. Like, the, the interface is fantastic. It is uh, everything that we hoped it would be, except it is not a good map program at the moment. Uh, and it also gives me opportunity to say that Google Maps, I would pay $20 for Google Maps. I have absolutely, in all seriousness, no idea why Google is not charged for Google Maps. It is fantastic. I'm sure Google was happy to hear that. Jesse. Okay, I just can't believe that people still are surprised when porn pops up on the Internet. Like, of course, of course people put adult videos on Vine. It's like, it's like biting into a cookie, thinking it's going to be chocolate chips, and then it's raisins, and being like, oh, and then the next bite, you, you're still surprised that there's porn in it. Jesse Char talking about the porn cookie. Let's go to Jeff Carlson. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Should I just leave now? Yes. Um, yes. I think that... <laughs> Let's all disband quietly. For me, for me, actually, this answer might tie in, sadly enough. Um, I think cell phones in general, I think, show a, a lot of unattended consequences. All right, how many people just pulled out their phones to check it? Um, because, I mean, you know, say 20, 25 years ago, I think it would have been hard to envision all of us, you know, having a, not just a telephone that we carried with us, but a full computer that we carried with us. But even more so, like... Having a device that would butt dial all of your friends accidentally, nobody could have foreseen that. And Armando, wrap us up here. This, this conversation went crazy. We had porn cookies, we had butt dialing, 
and back, Google Maps. And Google Maps. The That's probably the worst of one of all. It's the Bring trifecta. Home. God, it's such a terrible thing. He uh, doesn't have an answer. Cell phones, probably. Back to cell phones. <laughs> 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 Am I yelling uh-huh. very loudly? Wait, oh. Thank you. So back to cell phones. One of the lo- one of the unintended consequences of that, and we go back to the iPod of people not coming out. People spend more time on the toilet than they did before, and that also includes tablets too, because you're just playing games on their Reddit, re- doing Reddit stuff, or reading yeah, I don't know whatever you read while on the toilet. I don't want to know. Um, the other unintended consequence is, and it goes back to porn, is that well, maybe Apple should just accept porn. It, it's a thing, guys. All right, uh, our next question. Uh, Research in Motion changed its name to BlackBerry this week as part of the make-or-break effort to revive the phone maker's fortunes. Who else in the tech world needs to consider a name change? Armando, is your mic working? No. Oh, yeah. Yes. Cool. Well, why don't you answer? Jake. Uh... Yeah, it's, it's off. Okay, so you said tech world, and I originally wanted to say Little Debbie, but because you included the tech world, I can't say that because she'd be a Big Debbie now after all the sweets she's been eating. In the tech world, maybe Samsung needs to change his name so everyone can stop doing the damn pun of Samsung because I've been saying that a lot. And uh, Jesse? Um, I would have to go with Macworld, iWorld, the ultimate iFan event. <laughs> Short and sweet, Jeff Carlson. <laughs> um, I think the, the, the next obvious contender is MySpace because um, yeah, Facebook needs competition. They need someone out there, and Facebook has, I mean, uh, sorry, and MySpace ha- hasn't been that competition. But now Justin Timberlake is a part owner. It's going to have, you know, a revived future. And so they need to keep the essence of it and just call it MyFace. And Eric Malinowski. Uh, can I just say clout? Because it's the word clout, but with a K. And if anyone else can explain it better than that, I'm listening. But, uh, and in all seriousness, iTunes, because, I mean, it just does, they, they seem to be, you know, convinced that it's always going to do more than tunes, and it's so not tunes anymore. So. And we'll check the scores now. We have quite the competition going on on both ends of the scoreboard with Armando bringing up the rear at 17, Eric pulling slightly ahead with 18. Jeff is still out in front with 24, but Jesse right behind him with 23 as we head down the home stretch of the Pundit Showdown. And down. our next question. It's the Super Bowl this weekend, and while uh, certainly we'd love to hear Armando's breakdown of the San Francisco 49ers offense, it actually puts us in mind of this. On January 24th, Apple Computer will introduce Macintosh, and you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. (laughs) Very good imitation of the hammer thrower there, Jeff Carlson. Um, That was the 1984 commercial from Apple, which introduced the world to the Macintosh. 29 years later, which product do you think Apple should splash out the cash for a big Super Bowl ad buy? Let's start with Eric. Uh, I really actually like the recent trend of just, like, zeroing in on features and not products. Um, I think Find My iPhone would be uh, brilliant because it is, at its heart, like a very visual thing. So you show the very dramatic, you know, two blue dots slowly moving toward each other. And then they meet. And then it's happy. 
and everyone's good. Um, and then also, uh, all right, Blink. Yeah, no, that's it. That's good. Uh, Jesse Char. Apple Care. <laughs> I deserve an extra point for that one. Did you hear all those laughs I got? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Jeff Carlson. The iPad and all of that are, are very obvious targets, but I think Apple should just do the iPod Classic. I think they should have a massive media buy that says, we've got the cash to burn on this old product that people still buy, and we're not afraid to use it. And I think Armando will be sharing the microphone the rest of the show. Armando. They stole my mic. So there's the Mac Pro, which no one ever talks about. They could, they could do a big thing around that, you know? It's, as big, it's built like a linebacker. You got some tie-ins there. Or you could do the Apple TV, the one device you can't watch the Super Bowl on. Okay, our next question. Rumors of weak iPhone 5 demand didn't exactly pan out as Apple reported record phone sales during its holiday quarter. Still, it's never too early to start with the naysaying, so I'd like to hear people, uh, I'd like to hear why people won't buy the iPhone 6. Let us start with uh, Jeff this time. Obviously, the iPhone 6, while it will have a full number increment, which is a feature in itself that everybody seems to need, it will not be revolutionary enough. It, it will be a phone and an internet communicator and a music player. Are you getting it, Phil? A phone, an internet communicator, and a music player. Uh, Jesse Char. Well, it's probably just going to be called the iPhone 5S, so that's going to be the first reason. There's no iPhone 6. That's like two years out. Um, It's still not going to run Linux. It's still going to break when you drop it, and it's still not going to support Og Vorbis. So, like, why would I want one? (laughs) Armando Rodriguez. Oh, God, where do I start? (laughs) It's not going to run Android. It's going to come out of the box with Apple Maps, one of the worst mapping systems ever. It's going to be made out of metal instead of plastic. I mean, come on. It's not going to have a 7-inch screen. It won't have a stylus. (laughs) And it'll still use that damn awful lightning adapter, or lightning connector. Rallied at the end there. And Eric... Uh, it's not going to have NFC, and NFC has been uh, is going to be the game changer, or so I've been hearing for some number of years now. Uh, so it's going to suck completely on those merits. Also, it's not going to be new enough. Reddit's Ask Me Anything has become a popular way for newsmakers from Neil deGrasse... Yeah, I screwed up your name, Neil deGrasse Tyson, to uh, President Obama, whose name I didn't screw up, to interact with people. Who, would, who from the tech world would you like to see do and ask me anything? And more important, what would you ask them? Uh, let's start with Jesse. Uh, now that she's a part of the tech world, I would love to ask Alicia Keys how much BlackBerry is paying her not to use an iPhone. Very popular uh, question. Uh, Jeff Carlson. This is the one question that I forgot to uh, answer. Oh, good. So, <laughs> Can you do it on the fly? Yes, I think that uh, I would ask Jesse Char why she's scoring so many points. It's because I'm funny and clever. <laughs> Sick burn. Armando Rodriguez. So I want to ask Nintendo CEO a few questions, but then I realized that Nintendo still hasn't figured out the Internet after all these years. Then I thought about several other people that I want to ask questions to. Mark Zuckerberg... 
uh, you know, I want to ask him, so what are, what are you personally doing with all my data? Because I really want to know. I also wanted to ask Matt Honan how he just discovered Google two-factor authentication this year. Sorry, Matt. And uh, Eric Malinowski. Uh, I'd really like to see Steve Ballmer on there just to see him type developers in all caps and to see if there actually is an emoji for armpit sweat stains. Because um, I'm curious. Um, but if I'm being serious, I'd like to see Susan Kerr, the original uh, graphic designer for Macintosh. That's a very, very serious good answer there, actually. Uh, our next question is all about this. Really, honestly. Argo. Before it was a movie, Argo, which is up for an Academy Award later this month, appeared as an article in Wired magazine. I want to know what story currently making the rounds in tech news stands the best chance of becoming a best picture contender years from now. Let's start with Eric on this one. Um, I was actually a fact checker at Wired when that story came through the pipeline, and I was a hair's... you in the movie. I could be regaling you with awesome fact-checking tales if I had actually fact-checked it, alas. Um, but uh, I would actually sort of piggyback a little bit, Armando alluded, but I would like to see the story of Matt Honan's uh, life turning into complete and utter shambles. I think that there's a really awesome dramatic scene to be uh, made when he gets his data back from the data recovery and he sees the picture of him lying there with his daughter after she was born. I think that's, like, tailor-made for a movie, so. And for some of us, it would be a comedy to see Matt uh, lose his data. Those that know him, yes. (laughs) Yes, uh, Armando. Well, there's the big thing going on in tech journalism right now is the CBS CNET debacle with the hopper. And I think there's potential there for a movie. It'd be called Hop to It. The bad news is they'd only show it on Lifetime. Uh, yeah, Jeff Carlson. I, this is actually something that I'm surprised we've not yet seen. Is the whole story of John McAfee. Um, McAfee, McAfee. Um, he, if you're not familiar, uh, he's been in Belize for a while, experimenting, bioengineering his own drugs. Uh, he was a possible murder suspect. There was a, a, a flight from the law out of the country. And now he's in Portland, just showed up in Portland. I think, uh, you know, it has guns, it has sex, it has drugs, it has it all has of those Portland. good things. And it has Portland. So I, I'm sure that will be a movie Absolutely. Soon. Jesse. Uh, I'm going to stick with this whole Alicia Keys story. I would love to see, like, the heartwarming tale of, like, Alicia Keys going into Blackberry and, like, picking them up by the, their bootstraps, like the fat kid in Moneyball who's good at math, and, like, and like bringing them up. Um, but I guess in that movie, they, they lose at the end of the movie, not to spoil it. Uh, but so would Blackberry, so it all, it all works out. Like the fat kid in Moneyball who is good at math. You heard it here first. Yes. On that note... Jesse Char has roared into a tie for the lead with 34 points on Jeff Carlson. Eric Malinowski not that far behind with 30 points. Armando Rodriguez is present. (laughs) But there's still all to play for because of our next question. It is the golden envelope question. And if you match my, my answer in this golden envelope, you will get 10 bonus points. The, qu- the question, all about this. This is freedom to create and to do and to build and, and, and as artists, as individuals. 
Kutcher kicked off this year's Macworld iWorld as part of the promotional efforts for his upcoming motion picture, Jobs, in which he will play the legendary Apple co-founder. That's just one of two Steve Jobs biopics that's in the works. I'd like to know who should Hollywood cast as Steve Jobs in the still-under-development movie. Let us go to Armando, who needs the points most of all. I have several people in mind. Uh... I thought about Steve Busey. If you shave his head, he's got all the eccentricities of Jobs, and I think the eyes could probably sell the products alone. Uh, then I thought Steve Buscemi, because he too has the sort of withered look about him. And I thought about, because Ashton Kutcher took over uh, that role in Two and a Half Men that used to belong to that crazy guy who we all know. Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. That's him. Uh, I think that we can do that, too. I mean, he, he knows... He takes a lot of drugs, so everything's going to be magical for him. And he could obviously sell that. But then I settled on Snoop Dogg, just because Snoop Dogg can sell anyone anything, and you will buy it, because he is Snoop Dogg. That is um, unconventional casting from Armando. Let's go to Eric for his pick. It's inspired casting, is what it is. Um, I was thinking really creatively, like, I would love to see, you know, like a Benicio del Toro, you know, usual suspects kind of thing. Uh, and then, you know, to uh, sort of piggyback on the fat kid in Moneyball, Chris Pratt, who is just itching to make that turn into serious drama with, you know, Zero Dark Thirty. Um, but. Uh, you know, and then I, I think eventually, uh, and then to piggyback on Argo, I think uh, Ben Affleck, because, you know, with the, the, he's got the beard cred now, you know, and uh, I was getting, you know, pre-Argo, I wouldn't have said that, but it, it made me a believer. He can carry a beard. That's what uh, the kids Jesse. say. Um, so I think that, you know, a lot of people um, focus a lot on, like, who looks like Steve Jobs, who can act like Steve Jobs. But I think that something that might be fun is, is picking somebody who really had kind of the Steve Jobs experience. He didn't grow up with a lot. Uh, he struggled, but he really, in the end, he saw success. And that's why I think that Oprah would be a great contender for Steve Jobs. Now, I'm not done with my answer because I think that a lot of people focus a lot on, like, who should play Steve Jobs, which is fun and all. But I have some other, I have some other great casting ideas for all you. You. For, go, ahead, go ahead. We have no time limit here. Uh, all right. So I would love to see Scott Forstall played by Clay Aiken. Uh, Bertrand Serlet played by Gerard Depardieu. Uh, Phil Schiller by Danny DeVito. Hey! Uh, Tim Cook by uh, the ineffable Tilda Swinton. Uh, Jonathan Ive, uh, Jason Statham from the Crank franchise. Oh, Perfect. Um, Bob Mansfield by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, and, and Peter Oppenheimer also played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. So Charlie Kaufman I, 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 is writing the screenplay. I'm just going to spoil it here and say that you mentioned about 300 people and none of them are in the envelope, but you might as well have gotten the envelope because you got like a billion <laughs> points there. My Snoop Dogg thing was crazy. What? Yes, Jeff, would you like to uh, suggest 300 people to be in the movie too? <laughs> well, my first, uh, my first choice, of course, was Noah Wiley because he played Steve Jobs in uh, Pirates of Silicon Valley, I think it was. Um, but that would be too easy, so I'm, I'm not going to say him. Um, the, the next... Uh, suggestion was uh, Joshua Molina because I think this other movie is is uh, uh, the, the the Sorkin yes. script and uh, Sorkin has to have Josh Molina involved in some fashion. But I think overall I'm going to make slightly unconventional uh, pick and I'm going to say Paul Rudd because Paul Rudd is 
he's sort of done all the di- the different characters. He's done you know young idealistic stoner. He's done uh, you know family friendly guy. I think he could really really nail the n- nail the part. All right. Um, I want to point out for the record that Armando's final answer was Snoop Dogg because Charlie Sheen is what I wrote down. Turnabout, fair play. Ashton Kutcher takes Sad Charlie Trumbo. Sheen's role, so Charlie Sheen takes Ashton Kutcher's role. In the that made sense. Uh, let's move on to what is our final question, as if our final finalists haven't been said already. We've covered a lot of ground today, but it's time to go back to the question we finish with every year. Uh, what will we be talking about at the 2014 edition of Macworld iWorld, he asked, expecting to be invited back. Uh, let's start with uh, Armando. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be invited back. We'll probably be talking about those drum circles and how they keep growing in size and getting louder every minute. Mm. I mean, I, it sounds like a marching band is just slowly taking over the convention center floor. And I think all the apps developers that are down there are joining in and slow. See, they're right, they're right there. Look at that. Look at that. Or listen to it, I guess. Okay, uh, Eric. Uh Kind of hoping that maybe we have more like a smooth jazz quartet or something like that. Maybe a stand-up bass. Uh, but uh, uh, the return of numbers. We're going to see sixes and sevens this year and twelves, hopefully. And uh, maybe a ten-point X somewhere. Yes, numbers are good. We love numbers. Bring them back. Um, let's go with Jeff Carlson. Actually, numbers would be good if it was part of an iWork uh, suite that may finally get updated i know um but honestly i think we're we're going to be sitting here and we're going to be thinking where did it all go wrong like how did apple go from a beleaguered 130 billion dollar company to a more beleaguered 175 billion dollar company like it's that sad continued downward spiral of increasing profits and making customers happy and what can we do about that and uh jesse char who could just like blow raspberries into the mic and make the final. I don't know. I'm no, I'm no fortune teller, but uh, I don't know. Hovercrafts, like Star Wars Episode 47 being announced. I don't know. It's the future. Who knows? All right. One point there just to give you a point. Uh, let's go to the final scores. Armando, thank you for playing. You finished up strong. You finished with 34. Eric made an excellent debut with 35. Uh, Jeff Carlson started off strong made the final with 40 and our other finalist with 44 points quite the performance from jesse char thank you everybody i'd like to thank my parents uh my co-workers who are all here today we still have our final oh no it's defend the indefensible (laughs) and what happens here is i will read a statement it is not a very nice statement but you will have to defend it for 20 seconds uh, Jesse, since you scored the most points, you get to decide whether you want to go first or second. Second. All right. Uh, Jeff, yes. here is something that you must defend for 20 seconds as I load up my stopwatch. When I say I, I mean you. You, Jeff Carlson. I, Jeff Carlson. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think enough attention is being paid to the many ways Apple is doomed, and I hope tech bloggers devote more time to writing on this underreported subject. When you think about all of the screen space and the time that people spend reading, there's just, like, stuff about Apple is just a tiny drop in the bucket. 
And I think that there are many, many more things we could talk about. We, we could talk about the giant donut that they're building. We could talk about, uh, you know, workers' conditions everywhere because they're going to move jobs to the United States. And that is your time. That did not make a lick of sense, but thank you, <laughs> Jeff Carlson. Um, Jesse, are you ready? Well, no. But okay. I, I, I guess That's I can just... That's the best way to do it. Remember, I, I means you. You, Jesse Char. I, Jesse Char, am so impressed by Ashton Kutcher's performance as Steve, as Steve Jobs, I think the board of directors should hire him as Tim Cook's immediate replacement. I don't know. You guys, you guys heard that performance. I heard the clip. It sounded pretty spot on. I'm just going to go ahead and say, sure, why not? I don't need to defend that. I think it's a great idea. Inspired. Well, well, this is the most gruesome defending indefensible ever. Um, we'll go to the audience to determine a winner. Who thought that Jeff Carlson wins? Ooh. Oh, crickets. Oh, dear. Thank you all for coming. I'm is, happy to be wow. here. Wow. And Jesse Char. Wow. All right, so now I would like to thank my parents. Now you may thank your parents because... <laughs> Jessie Char is our champion today. I'd like to thank her. I'd like to thank Jeff Carlson. I'd like to thank uh, Eric Malinowski and Armando Rodriguez for agreeing to be on the panel. And I'd like to thank you, the audience, for enduring another Macworld Pundit Showdown. Thank you very much, everybody. And that wraps up this edition of the Macworld Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to drop us a line at podcast at macworld.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 415-967-3622. This is Chris Breen reminding you that you can find more Apple, macOS, iOS, and technology news, views, and information at macworld.com. See you around.